Welcome to a very special episode of Paper Cup Podcast here at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're really excited to share all the amazing interviews that we got for you. We interviewed performers, volunteers, and attendees. Friends, past guests, future guests, and we're excited to cut deep and share those stories with you right now. By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. So put your hands together! This year marked the 46th annual Winnipeg Folk Festival at Birds Hill Provincial Park. This festival is huge. For a little bit of context, the population of Brandon is 49,000 people, and Winnipeg Folk Festival has 70,000 people in attendance, meaning there's more people at Birds Hill Park for Winnipeg Folk Festival than there is in the second largest city in Manitoba. Before all the music and magic started, I had a chance to chat with Chris Freyer, the Artistic Director of the Winnipeg Folk Festival, to chat about what exactly an Artistic Director does and what he was most looking forward to going into the fest. Can you tell me, um, just in a nutshell, what, what is an Artistic Director responsible for? Um, I'm responsible for um, the programming, all aspects of programming the Winnipeg Folk Festival and overseeing our year-round concert productions. So I do all the curating and talent buying on behalf of the organization. So I, I just want to wrap it up by just asking, what are you most excited for this year at the festival? Programming aside, just anything in general. Oh, just, yeah, well, just seeing, just seeing everyone take in, like, you know, the, all the work that everyone here and all the volunteers put in. Just seeing everyone have a really great time and celebrate great music and and uh, spending time with their family and friends and just kind of taking in, uh, you know, what, what I definitely think is obviously the four best days of summer, four best days of the year. Um, enjoying the, the beauty, you know, that is Birds Hill Park, um, uh, you know, and just, and just, you know, eating some good food and having some good drinks and just, you know, just like, just taking it all in. Um, I think I'm most forward just to seeing like how all the workshops and sessions are, how they go, how they work out in the end. Uh, it's a big social experiment, you know. So I always love seeing, you know, how how it plays out. We've everyone, everyone there is expecting a different um, experience than their than their neighbor, and it's in, it's just kind of neat to see if we. You know, how close we hit the mark on that, giving people that experience that they expect uh, and hope for. So I look forward to that and look forward to seeing people kind of like respond back to the music that we that we program. You know what? I'm actually most looking forward to seeing um, Carsey Tedrest for sure. They're like one of my favorite bands. Uh, so Yeah. Uh, and that- they haven't played here before and they've been playing everywhere. So I'm... They just released a new live record too. I'm a huge fan, so, so big, looking super forward to that. So, if you have favorite bands, like you know, if you're a particularly big fan of, let's say, Car Seat Headrest, are you gonna lean? Like, are you gonna try and push a little bit harder to have them in there because they're your favorites? Yeah, as long as they 
we'll make it, like long as it's something that our audience will enjoy. I won't just do something because it's my favorite, but it's got to be something that resonates with me and I feel will be good for the audience, right? Yeah, yeah. And if it, and yeah. I think of Big Blue at night, it's cool for us to do that, you know? I think that we can do that with them. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty um, versatile stage. Yeah, because it's, it's a little, and Always are going to be amazing too. They're playing that night. Like, it's a big Friday. But between, like, Always, Percy Pedras, Jason Mraz, Kanon, um, you know, it's it's going to be, every night's going to be great. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. The volunteers at Folkfest work incredibly hard to make sure that the festival runs smooth for the entire week. A lot of your magic experience is based around the hard work and dedication from a lot of those people. I had a chance to sit down with Andy DeRosier, who is a volunteer, to chat about his experience and why he keeps coming back every year. How many years have you been volunteering? This is my third year volunteering here at Folkfest. So why did you want to volunteer in the first place? What, uh, what was your appeal? What was your draw? Well, I just wanted to add to the community of Folkfest and put my twist on and help any way I could with the festival because it's just been so much fun here with my friends and everything. Okay, so you had been going for a while before you decided to finally start volunteering? Oh yeah, for sure. Hi, can you describe your first experience? Like, Was it overwhelming? Was it a lot? Was it everything you expected? Well, at first, you know, you don't know what to expect it. But I had a lot of rain, first of all. So that was, you know, a pleasant and unpleasant surprise. And also, just seeing all the people. There's so much people, there's so much atmosphere, so much fun, so much... I can't describe it really. It's just the way it is at Folkfest. So, will you continue? Like, do you see yourself not volunteering anymore, or is this just going to be a regular part of your Folkfest experience? Uh, I might do it once or twice again because you never know uh, what could happen. At the end of the day, seeing everybody's faces and, you know, being part of the crew of Folkfest, it just, it, it, there's nothing else like it. You just have to do be there to do it and do it to see what it's like. Handmade Village is where you could find some of the best collection of crafters and artisans anywhere. I had the pleasure of speaking with Eddie from Charlie's Charmed about his Folkfest experience and what his favorite memories are so far. So you're in the Handmade Village. How long have you been involved with them? Uh, this is our second year here. Fantastic. How, what got you motivated to be involved with the festival? Um, the environment. It, it, it's so loving and accepting and everything and, and um, being from a same-sex couple and, uh, and uh, an interracial couple and entrepreneurs, it was just a, a no-brainer for us to really try to get in. Fantastic. How's the reception at the festival? Is it a good crowd? Amazing. It's yeah. so amazing. Are you camping here this week? No, we're not. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're commuting every day back and forth. Oh, really? Is it uh, easy to find parking or is parking kind of a pain? Um, for us, it's not too bad because uh, as being part of the Handmade, uh, handmade Village, we're able to use the, the a certain parking lot. So we, we have assigned parking. What are some of the highlights of the festival so far for you? Um, well, seeing Jason Mraz yesterday, um, he actually sang one of our wedding songs. So uh, once the Handmade Village closed, we went and we were able to enjoy that and kind of celebrate us. What, uh, what are you most looking forward to tonight, Saturday night? Uh, just spending some quality times with friends. We're, we're meeting up with a bunch of people tonight after the, after the village closes. Fantastic. What time does the uh, village close? 8 o'clock tonight. 10 to 8 today, tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah. And lastly, before the musicians, you can't forget about the attendees. This year was a sellout and the crowd was absolutely massive. 
I spoke with Kevin Barron about his experience going to the festival and also his experience in the festival campground. Hi Kevin, how are you? Doing great. <laughs> uh, how many years have you been coming to Folk Fest? This is going to be my fifth summer here. Fifth summer, who are you looking forward to the most today? Uh, no, in total. Today, Mount Joy, in total, probably the Sheepdogs. How were you at the Death Cab show last night? I was at the first half before the, the delays. So did you leave because of the delay? It was uh, not completely my decision. It was a group effort, but yeah, we, uh, we went back and heard the music as we were walking into the campground, which was kind of demoralizing. But Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, did you think it was going to rain? I, I didn't think it was going to rain, but we thought that the delay was going to be quite a lot because there's a lot of clouds with lightning on their way over. Yeah. So, Would you have liked to see a little bit of rain? It often gets pretty dry out here, eh? You know what? I was hoping for it. But I think my friends are just uh, unprepared about whether our tents were set up enough to get the, the rain covered. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, well, uh, do you have a, a favorite moment so far this year? So far this year, I don't know. I think the, the half the fun is just like hearing everybody in the campground and hearing uh, people in passing and hearing some random comments. And just this morning, I heard a guy realize to his friends, he said, Oh, oh, it's not milk made out of bananas. It's just regular milk flavored like bananas. <laughs> and I've been thinking about that all morning, so. That's a mind trip. Okay, thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Papercut tries to focus on local artists, and that wasn't hard at this year's Folk Fest. This year, there were amazing acts, like William Prince, Christine Fellows, Living Hour, Jesse Matus, Taylor Jansen, Roman Clark, Begonia, and children's act, Seanster and the Monsters. If you didn't know this, it's really tough to record audio outside. So a lot of our recordings were quite messy, either by getting interrupted. But that's just showbiz, baby. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just saying hello to our friend Jaden. <laughs> Jaden, how's your brother? Background noise from people's voices or the wind. I'll just turn this off. Then we're done. <laughs> that's a wrap. Getting weird answers to the questions that we asked. Really excited about the band that is now on fire. That has been struck by lightning and they're playing still on fire and people talking about things that we would rather not have on the podcast well, we're just like smoking weed and enjoying it good 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 guys <laughs> so at 156 that's a deletion <laughs> we tried to get the best representation we could of local artists though it's kind of hard with so many shows going on at the same time, and so many fans, new fans, friends, and families coming to the shows, which means that we couldn't really talk to everyone that we wanted to get to. But this is the best we could do, and we hope you enjoy it. To kick off our interviews, we met up with Gail Carroll, past guest and current member of Living Hour, right after their set at Big Blue on Friday night. Hi, uh, congratulations, Living Hour, on playing Big Blue. Tonight, how does it feel? It feels amazing. It was a beautiful time. Oh, there, there's our friend, David. Hey. Um, honestly, it was super fun, and I'm so glad that it happened, and I feel like people like liked it, and it just felt really good, and I'm so happy. Was so, it really nice to have a lot of your friends in the crowd, but also people that you've never seen or met before? I'd imagine at some of your shows you recognize most of the audience but here it probably would have been a little bit different that you don't recognize everybody that's here totally it was a great uh building experience for the band in winnipeg i think like super good exposure and uh yeah i hope we made a good impression 
After that, Olivia was lucky enough to run into Marshall Carroll, Gil's dad, to get his thoughts on Living Hour's performance and speak a little bit about Folk Festival. I thought it went great. Yeah. I liked with the extra horn section, the saxophone and the trumpet, and I liked all the songs. Am I a little biased? Yes, but I do like all the songs. And uh, I like the energy. Uh, it's my second time at Folk Fest, but the first time was like 10 years ago when there was just a big mound of mud. Oh no. <laughs> and But today the weather is great and it was my first time in an evening performance. We had the chance to talk with Sam Sarti about her performance at Big Blue. You just had your show and you just watched Car Seat Headrest, yes. who you're a huge fan of. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me about your experience on stage and also backstage. Um, well, on stage was so fun and so just, I don't know, amazing and the sun was coming down and then it came out when we played slow shines and that was really lovely like the second i picked up my trombone the sun came out and then i felt like actually connected to the sky (laughs) i was like thank you and then yeah i was mostly very nervous and then also just i don't know excited to be there it's like all these emotions all in one at the end i finished and i like actually like cried a single tear (laughs) just one i was like what is this emotion this is new probably unpack it tomorrow who knows yeah (laughs) yeah Focus is an emotional journey. Absolutely, like that, and especially like performing at it, I was, oh my God. And then the, the workshop earlier today was so good. Here's Andrea Davis, artist manager for Mighty Cypress, who talks about the impact of Winnipeg Folk Festival on the local music scene and local artists. So how have you reacted or seen the fans react to their performances at Folk Fest? Because some of these fans like I was mentioning to, I think Gil and Sam and Solly also mm-hmm. that a lot of their shows, there's a lot of familiar faces in the crowd, but also a lot of unfamiliar faces and new crowds. And how does that feel even as managing those positions, seeing new audiences? Um, it's super exciting. Like I think that they're just for, and like this is true for all three of the bands that I'm here with. Like they are very good musicians, like the, the like recorded music they put out is top notch and they're also amazing performers. Um, and I think that there are like a lot of just like people, like casual music fans and folk fest attendees who don't necessarily like get out to a ton of like bar shows around the year. Um, but this festival is definitely something that a ton of people make a priority. Um, and I think that people also like get, yeah, like they're here to, to see new music and they're open to becoming fans of the bands that they see. Um, So yeah, it's very exciting. Jen Dirksen volunteers as a videographer for the Winnipeg Folk Festival. We talked to them a little bit about their experience at Winnipeg Folk Festival and how this gig is a little bit different than some other local shows. So how can you, how do you compare the moments at Folk Fest and capturing those moments versus other shows. How is Folk Fest different? Folk Fest is hugely different than other shows, partly just because the venue is so large um, and there's so many stages and there's so many different types of people who come to watch. Um, A lot of the moments that I capture at these events have families involved, children. Um, I took a video of like one of the little kids wearing the big earphones, like uh, that kind of thing, or the hearing protection. Um, and also like 
it's organized differently, so the rules are different. So it's not like shooting a show in the city. You can't just like go up and shoot or whatever. You gotta stick to the rules. Just like th first three songs, and then whatever each specific band they each have their own rules. Okay. So you have to like be mindful of that. Uh, and then also working here, y like there's stage managers at every stage. So part of my job is just like saying hi to the stage manager, letting them know I'm here, um, asking if there are any specific rules for the band or for the stage and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, it's a lot more involved just because there's a lot more people and a lot more to do. The Manitoba Music Workshop at Winnipeg Folk Festival was amazing. The lineup included Christine Fellows, Roman Clark, Taylor Jansen, and Living Hour, but there was a star-studded lineup backing them up, and it was absolutely amazing to witness. Here's Roman Clark talking a little bit about that experience. And who is on stage with you? Uh, Taylor Jansen. Uh, Jesse Maitis. I'd like to Living Hour, and Christine Fellows. And yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. So, playing with those musicians and seeing all that local talent, like how does that make you feel about your city? Um, it, it certainly makes me very proud to be from here and like, yeah, just, just before the, the workshop started, I, like, looking at all the people who were there, I kind of only realized at that point just how heavy Winnipeg is in terms of, like, players and artists and songwriters and stuff. It's, like, it's super, super cool to see that amount of talent on a stage. It's all from Winnipeg. Right, and also all the people who are in bands that were, like, not the primary performer. Exactly, so like yeah. Julian Bradford is there, and uh, Courtney is there from Odd Outfit. And, and John K. Sampson, and just John like. John K. Sampson <laughs> in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to the joy of many, Begonia was added to the lineup mid-June. One of the quietest recordings from the whole festival is when she sang Hot Dog Stand. You could hear a pin drop. It was dead silent, and everybody was listening in awe. Here's a bit of that. Market Street to the hot dog stand I'll let you hold my hand I'll let you hold my purse On the other end of the scale, Begonia put on such an amazing performance, especially in her song Fear, when she started belting and fell to her knees, at which point the crowd went wild. So that's it for Paper Cuts coverage at this year's Winnipeg Folk Festival. Thank you so much for having us, and we hope to see you next year. Bye. Bye.